0: Cheesy. The plot is stupid. I'm sorry, the plot is bad.
1: That's a little
0: open.
1: Welcome to a Mimo Tastic edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man that has something in common with the Memo Tech. Except, unlike the MimoTech, tech, which was a failure in the UK, he's a failure in the USA. I give you the print. What is that? So that's why it's failing, folks. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we get started today, I want to give a quick shout-out to everyone who joined us yesterday for our 12-hour Amiga Spectacular. It was Amiga-thon. It all went down at the boat's basement yesterday. 12 straight hours of hot, hot, incredibly hot Amiga action yeah. to raise money. For the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals branch, yes, uh, I think it was a, a pretty big success, uh, and we raised well over forty eight hundred dollars for the Children's Miracle Network Hospital. And by we, I mean you, all the fine contributors, no. all the fine sponsors that all kicked in. We had a lot of good sponsors. A lot of people uh, chipped in. And we got right near our goal of $5,000. And I have no doubt that we're going to cross over the threshold because, oh, yeah, certainly. Amikathon.com is still open. So if you were, if you if you were targeting the party and you want to throw a few bucks uh, in for the kids, uh, you could go to com right now and drop them a couple bucks. Uh, Again, the money doesn't come anywhere near us. We know that gimmick. We're not getting involved. This money goes straight to the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals what did you think of your twelve hours of Amiga
0: Action Amiga Amigathon? I, I thought it went incredibly smooth. Yeah. Uh, normally with Amigathon, we have a, at least one or two technical hurdles that need to be uh, cleared to have a good show. Yeah. Uh, John really had it rock solid last yesterday. Yeah.
1: Both did a real good job. It was great to set. We had guests there. We had TSI Matt. We had the, the Chad Wilcox, of course. John uh, we got to give a we got to give a big shout out to John Marshall, who not why only did I say John Williams. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, John Williams and all the music. You're an idiot. This is why you're a failure in the USA. John Marshall brought uh, a, a Kenova. Kenova was a sponsor. of all well, 8. Some of us ate as much as they could physically hold. They went back for tents. <laughs> you know, but it was a, we had a great time, and it's always a, a fun time to sit around and just play Amiga games. We get the four player gimmick working on some of those games. We yep. really found a lot that we never played before. Uh, and if you are interested in uh, checking out Amigathon, it's available right now on our YouTube channel and on Twitch. You can go check it out on either one. And again, the uh, the uh, you can submit your money for the charity if you want at Amigathon.com. I think it'll be open for months. I mean, they usually yeah. leave them open. Yeah, it'll be until after Boat Fest. Yeah, so. yeah. Now, on to the principle at hand. This week, Brent, we spun the wheel and we made an exciting deal. Actually, two weeks ago. And that was to look at this, the MimoTech. There it is, the MimoTech MTX, as suggested by Andy Fitzpatrick. Andy Fitzpatrick. Now, Brent, what did you know about the MimoTech before this week? Zero. And what do you know now? Um, zero plus one half. Well, if you <laughs> if you indulge me, the Brent, I've got a little schmize here. I'd like to go over it with the MimoTech. So. The MIMO Tech is another one of these interesting uh, uh, British computers that was born in the early 80s, uh, de- developed by a couple college friends who had worked uh, in the realm of expansions for the ZX-81, uh, memory expansions predominantly. Okay. They saw the writing on the wall that the, uh, the uh, ZX-81 was going to be surpassed, the, the Spectrum was coming, and their peripherals weren't going to get that much jacked. Because computers, as they were releasing, were releasing with just more memory in general. Yeah, I think the ZX eighty one, and really, oh, you know, one of the first, you know, broadly consumed computers in the UK, uh, and its time, had, you know, was coming to an end, and you can yeah. see the writing on the wall. So they decided it was time to jump into the home computer market themselves with the MimoTech. Uh, the MimoTech uh, released, uh, as far as I could tell, and there's some. We'll get into some extra stuff. They had three models. The 500, the 512, uh, and the RS-128 that were released from three eight uh, 1983, 1984. I think these were manufactured, I think they were manufactured in Norway, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh. Don't hold me to that. Um, you heard here first, first, folks. Norway Mimotech. The connection's been made. Now, these were launched at a, at a price uh, that I would say was what you would sort of expect. Uh, the original MTX500. Was 275 pounds in 83. Uh, the mid range was uh, 315 pounds, and your upper branch 399. Uh, and the and the differences were memory: 32K, 64K, and 128K, respectively. These did have uh, video RAM, and these actually had custom video chips in them that were p- manufactured by, of all people, Texas Instruments. Mm. So these these had a Zilog z 80 a processor in them with a uh, with a Texas Instruments uh, extra chipset in there. So that's kind of interesting the way it worked out. Uh, uh these things were RAM expandable. It had the usual stuff you'd expect. It had a uh cartridge slot on it. it you could use cassettes, which yeah. I think both our games were cassette games. I know mine was. Uh and the MSX and the uh Memo-tech had a lot in common. Uh, the, uh, there, it's funny because you've got, there are several computers that are sort of in the ballpark of the MSX or consoles. One of the ones that comes to mind is the ColecoVision slash Atom. I believe another one. I came with the Spectre, but there's another couple of these things. They're like in the ballpark. They're not compatible, but they're in the ballpark of the of the MSX. And this thing was was
0: was one of them. And to be fair, this had a this had a couple things. The color palette for this thing was really good. It had a lot of there. It was interesting, and so the the (laughs) I liked
1: it. the, The funny thing is, if you think to yourself, hey. Uh, if this is in the ballpark of the MSX, we're going to get some MSX software and you're not. No. Oh, not- no, 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 no. Well, I mean, it's not too far off and it- stuff can be converted but not without... I mean, it's just like sort of like converted to another machine, frankly. Um, these d- did not sell all that well stunningly, uh, but the funny thing about it is uh, these things had a- an ace up their sleeve, and this is a real wacky ace. So... When the Mimo Tech came out in eighty three and eighty four respectively, there were computers on the market that could do most of what this thing could do, but at a much lower cost. And we're talking about the Spectrum line, for example. And so these were not widely accepted. I'd put this. I don't. I don't have numbers for how this sold, but I will say uh, it was. I think it sold significantly less than like the Enterprise that we covered. We talked about. Wow. So. This thing wasn't a huge seller, and it was more. Uh, they didn't go out and say, "Look, it's against me." They were actually courting the business sector with good reason. But one of the places they courted was the Soviet Union. Okay, one thing about the MSX you're going to know is that it's an aluminum. It's a brushed aluminum case. Beautiful, beautiful. I've seen these things; they're gorgeous looking. I'd love to have one, but they're out of my price range right now. Yeah. But the Russians, excuse me, the Soviets said, "Listen." We need a computer for the Soviet Union. We're willing to buy two hundred thousand MimoTech computers. They even got a a, like a subsidy or a loan from the UK government to make this happen. Now they wanted certain changes made to them, like obviously like Russia uh, Russian alphabet on the keyboard and some operating system stuff. And so, which they accommodated. And and some of these, uh, and so they painted them Russia red. That's what they wanted. They wanted all 200,000 of them in that Soviet flag red. So when you see these things, and I saw, I mean, I haven't seen one in person, but I saw pictures of them. They right. look freaking awesome. And by the way, getting one of these, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, in because they only made a few like beta runs of them, you know? So, anyways, it was looking good, brother. And then the, the commies were like, you know what? Eh. We're just gonna go with the MSX. Sorry, <laughs> and so MimoTech was upholding holding the bag, brother, and they didn't, they didn't get to sell any of these things. And then, despite the fact that they got money, uh, they ended up going under, and that was in a MimoTech. It's kind of a real bummer. Yeah, that's that's a that's a man I,
0: when you get in bed with countries. If yeah. you you have got to be, because I mean, and this isn't just little crappy computers. Uh, my former employer got in bed with the Saudis and they were supposed to buy a bunch of crap and when they were like, nah, never mind. yeah, It devastated. Well, devastated when the When anyone says they're going to buy your stuff and then they don't buy it and you've been gearing towards the buying it,
1: your bones. Yeah. Um I should mention, uh, the, I mentioned the Zalog uh, Z-80A and it also has, aside from the Texas Instrument video chip, it's also got a Texas Instrument audio chip in it. So you're going to get a uh, three channel sound Along with a sound a channel that's a little bit funky, like a like a white noise, you know that that's pretty standard fare. Yeah, uh, I found this thing to have eh. It had it could play a tune that wasn't it was above like a computer beeper.
0: Oh know, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, if, if it wanted to, uh, this thing it ran fast faster than like the ZX, for example. So I would put this thing if I, if, if we were going to make a charge of where this thing would lie in terms of its gaming ability. This is somewhere in between... I would say this is slightly above the ColecoVision and slightly below the MSX line of computers. The, I mean, it is MSX-y. Like I said, those, those computers all sort of live in the same world, you know? By the way, uh, and I want to shout out to my good buddy Neil. If you want to uh, uh, watch someone actually take one of these things apart... And go through it. Uh he did a really nice cave on the Memo Tech uh that I really enjoyed watching back in the day. I remembered it when I when we got this thing up on the wheel. And but they uh, uh they take one of these things apart and and tinker with it, but they don't seem as impressed as I was with it. I looked over the library of this thing and it's I was impressed. There's a lot of stuff. We had plenty of choices yeah. uh, as to what to pick. Now I I picked mine up real early. Be honest with you. So, in, in retrospect, I could I saw other things I could have played, but I'm gonna stand by what I what I chose here. And by but, yeah.
0: your but game, this was a this is
1: a pretty interesting uh, uh, a little computer, and it had it. So, I mean, it could have been this could have been a, a a quicker, more apt choice for that night mid '80s. But by the time this thing got there, it just it was party of the party, like so many others have been. Well, I don't know because this this it's, hit the hit the shelves in eighty three, but it wasn't it wasn't cheap enough. Uh, when you right. got the specy yeah. coming out, uh, uh, you know, hey, computers for the masses. I mean, he was that was a good angle, you know, because I mean, and this thing has a, a an actual keyboard. It's brushed aluminum. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it's, 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 it makes the Specky look like a toy. Yeah. You know, but the Specky, uh, the problem for everyone that failed. They all had better looking machines. They all had b- better keyboards. They probably had better specs, right? But the problem is, unfortunately for them, the Spectrum is super capable for something that looks like a kid's toy. Yeah. That's the problem. It's like a Socrates, the old Socrates, except that's awesome. <laughs> it's a kid's toy that's awesome. And so when you're pay when you're one three or 400 pounds for your computer, and someone could get something that's in the ballpark for like a fourth of that, yeah. you're boned. You know, and they weren't in the schools or anything else. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a that's well, the way I mean, it goes. Yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, so right.
1: with all that said, I'm going to lead the dance, Brent, I think, this week. And oh, I, you and, think and, so? Huh? Yeah, and I think I'm going to because I want to talk about my game sort of falls in line with our opening here in a lot of ways. Uh, so I'll look through these games early on. And by the way, in case I didn't mention, a big shout out to Pajaco this week, who literally did all the lead work in terms of having us yes. show us how to use the emulator, so make it a little batch file to make it easier for us. And it, what it did was allow me to play a bunch of different games. So another shout out to Pajaco. Pajaco's
0: the, the rotation's little guardian angel.
1: This guy's carrying our water yeah. week after week. Um. So anyway, I was deciding, I was like, okay, what am I going to go for here? And so I decided to go for a game called Nemo. All right. I was finding Nemo, if you will. And. Uh, Nemo is a game that was released, uh, for the Memo Tech, uh, in right around 83, 84. It's a little hard to pin it down, but I think from what I can tell, is in that ballpark. Everything seems to credit at 83. So, the reason I wanted to lead the dances is I want to talk about two things that were sort of pivotal to the Memo Tech. Uh, one was an outfit called Continental Software. Continental Software are the people that, that uh, are credited with publishing and creating the game, but the, I know the author. We'll get to him too. Uh, Condell Software was basically Mimotech's in-house software label. Oh. They created forty titles for the Mimotech. Okay, oh. just to name a few that you may have heard of, they did uh, some of the more popular titles on there: 3D Tachyon Fighter, Astro Pack. Uh, they did uh, uh, Tapeworm, Mission Alphatron, and. Uh, knuckles a bunch of the 40 titles they did a bunch of titles uh, for this thing and so they were they were the ones that were basically doing this was the in-house manufacturer so, so these are the people that were getting it done yeah it's like we did a lot of, it's sort of like the odyssey where they had like an in-house guy or the clico where they did a lot of stuff in-house uh, that's what this guy was now there there were other parties that were making games including games you would have heard of that came out in this like uh, jet set yeah. willy and manic minor they got Absolutely. released and a few others So it's not like nobody was supporting this thing, but these guys were doing a lot of the heavy lifting. The game is credited to a guy named Andy Key. And this is the main reason I wanted to start off, because I want to talk about Andy Key. Andy Key is credited with doing uh, uh, a ton of titles on on the machine. Uh, I went to his webpage. Believe it or not, the emulator we use to play the MimoTech he wrote it. I can believe it. Andy Key wrote it. So I went to his website. I'm, I'm going to quote Andy from his website. He says, yes, I am the Andy Key who wrote all those old uh, Mimotex MTX games. Guilty as charged. I made a few hundred quid from the royalties for these games. I used the money to fund bigger and better computers, which I like. I also wrote a port of Blabo for the Spectrum. Most of the games were written in four to six weeks, working most days. I didn't get uh, out much as a kid, unfortunately, he says. He goes, I've lost the source to the games, unfortunately. After Mimotech gave up selling home computers, it started designing, manufacturing, and selling video walls. So he also did video walls, too. Now, get this. here's the, here's the This is real wacky here. So keep in mind, this guy was, like, in high school, okay? Yeah. A company in Rome uh, contacted uh, him to write some MTX software uh, for a product to be used to help train Sicilian military units, okay? The the, the Mimo tech screen was attached to the sights of a ground-to-air gun, and it would display a view of a missile flying through the sky in a parabolic arc. Two soldiers, one controlling the side the side motion of the gun, the other controlling the elevation, would attempt to track the missile by turning various dials, hopefully at the right rotum speeds with respect to each other. His program would receive information regarding the position of the guns and tell if it registered a hit or not and update the screen. And then the soldiers would be given a grade. He says, as a schoolboy, I flew to Rome. Keep this in mind. He went to work with the Sicilian Army. All right. As a schoolboy, I flew to Rome to complete this assignment. And for the week I was there, I had the top floor of a rather nice villa to myself. Wow. I became a millionaire as a result. And although it was only a million lira, that's a lot of money for me at the time. <laughs> so I, don't, I, I did not bother to change. I don't know how much a million lira is, but it ain't a million bucks. <laughs> anyways, uh, um, uh, and this fellow is like Commander uh, Memotech. Like he's the guy. Like he's the big man. And like I said, he did the emulator. So if you could thank him for just our ability to play this thing, but he did write, in fact, a good chunk of the of the software. And I look. And of all the people that wrote, they've got credit for writing software, because I found a web page that literally has supposedly everything ever written for the Memo tech. He was the number one author of Nemo oh, tech. Yeah. So Andy Key. So we so, salute you, Andy. Good job uh, with what you're up to. So <clears throat> with all that said, let's get to my game proper. It is Nemo, a one-player joint published and developed by Continental Software and Andy Key. Uh, for the Memo Tech. This will run on any of the Memo Tech machines. So this, was, uh, this would run yeah, on any of Yeah, something
0: we should mention. These sold with different amounts of uh, memory, basically. Yeah, that's why, that's why I mentioned that are at
1: different prices and different memory. So, uh, what is uh, Nemo? Okay, so I've got, believe it or not, I was able to dig up the flavor text from Nemo on the, on the back of the cartridge. This will not help you understand what the game is, and I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, you have five ships and an unlimited supply of harpoons. That's got to stack up, by the way. <laughs> to clear the coastline, you must shoot the descending sharks before they eat you. If the sharks reach the bottom of the screen, they can change into little men who can also move on land. Watch out for lethal floating mines and electric eels. Also, the patrolling land crab who will kill you if you touch him. Clear the coastline to move on to another more difficult stretch of sure. More sharks, more mines, more action. There you go. So there's your flavor text for uh, ne- Nemo. Now, what is Nemo really? Well, it's funny that I would pick this because it does in certain ways remind me of uh, Grid Runner. Uh, it, oh, but, a little bit, you think? Well, I mean, it's it, it's got, there's a centipedish flair to it. Okay. It's not, centip- it, this is even less like centipede than Grid Runner. And there are two. Patrolling laser shooters that come around the on the side and the bottom of the screen—it's exactly like that. But the difference is, remember that really cool uh, gimmick they had in Grid Runner where they would enter when they would only the one would only shoot when they intersected yeah. at the X Y coordinate. This is not like that at all. Yeah. These shoot whenever they want. Yeah. <laughs> they do give you warnings. They do flash. So the, the instructions were right. You play a little boat out in the shore. Now for whatever reason. Sharks are in mass on the shores, and it's your job to shoot them all. Which that can't be, can't be good. Um, when you you like, so let's let's picture the screen. If you're listening to the radio, the water is a lovely shade of green, like a lagoon, and there's sharks. You just see the fins stick out, and they f- come, They come down the screen, going back and forth, and they'll. They'll descend a line every time they run into either land or a landmine. Okay. Or the edge of the screen. Or the, or the edge of the screen. And you you have a free-roaming white boat that, that can move anywhere. and you, well, Not on land, but anywhere else. And your job is to shoot these spins. Now, sounds simple. Well, I, we mentioned the two electric eels that border the screen that just randomly shoot lasers. They will flash before they shoot, but they don't give you a whole lot of warning. You've also got these uh, blue, like, uh, mi- I guess so those are those the mines that are coming up? I guess they are. Crabs. Who can tell? Something coming up at the bottom of the screen. Those are mines, Aaron. Right into it. Yeah, Why are mines moving around? Crabs move. And why, why can't
0: you move your boat backwards? I don't... The boats can go backwards, can't they? Well, I mean, not at the same speed they're going forwards, and instantly you turn on the dime. Listen, this is a particularly <laughs> advanced boat, government boat. So... Uh your job
1: was to dodge the little blue mines and shoot the sharks and not get shot by the eel sounds simple uh as and, and the first couple levels are are not especially difficult they're not easy, but you do see a lovely coastline and the waters rigid nice with little waves on it you know and you shoot the sharks um if a shark <laughs> there was definitely sharks that were jumped <laughs> yeah if the sharks if the sharks get to the, bottom of the screen, it's not wrong they become like little people and they can go anywhere they can go on the land and they go all over the screen just with in a, in a, like a crazy pattern. They go over land, they go over ocean, they go everywhere. They're real tough to handle. You got you got to take them out. Um when you finish clearing out all the sharks on a on a stage, then you'll go to the next section of the coastline, which I like. You'll start like the yep. south coastline Then you go southeast and, and it you go actually, to the west, and it changes the coastline. It literally it
0: changes the direction
1: you'll be uh,
0: fighting. Well, it changes the screen dynamic. So on one coast, you might be missing the uh, upper upper right hand quadrant, and then some coastlines where the coastline is so far down the screen, you're only really playing with like two thirds of the screen. Right. It's, it's a it's a neat dynamic. It, I like that angle, and and they, they do a good job rendering coastline. I like that. When
1: we say you're shooting some sharks, I don't mean like four. <laughs> no. I mean like a two dozen sharks. all right? There's tons of them. And when they we mentioned that they kind of go back and forth across the, top of the screen, they're descending a line, every time they hit something, that includes the uh, the ascending mines. So when those mines if you if they don't hit you and they keep going up the screen, if they hit a shark, they don't blow up. The shark just turns around and goes the other way. Yeah. The and shark's so, smart enough to avoid. Well, the my point is, this is where you get that sort of centipede uh, type atmosphere because that makes the sharks. The sharks aren't connected like it's like the segments of a centipede, but they travel like the centipede did. Yeah. Although, really, I don't think this has much to do with centipede. I mean,
0: it doesn't make me feel like I'm playing. I think less than Grid Runner. It's one step. It's it's another step away. Where where Centipede was one step away from Grid Runner, this is one step away from Grid Runner. So it's like two steps away from Centipede. Yeah. Um.
1: As you go through this game, I've I've got I think I got I don't know seven eight screens in to it. Uh, On the first couple of screens. The electric eel at the bottom will shoot occasionally. The one on the left that goes up and down your screen doesn't really shoot at all. Doesn't shoot at all. Man, okay. trust me. He's just firing it up. <laughs> because about screen three, he starts going to work. So you've got two of these electric eels shooting, and you've got mines plenty coming down. And it gets quite crazy at, at that point. And by the time you get, I don't know, five or six shores in, it's insane. It's insane how fast it's going. Uh, of course, we emulated this. I'd love to played it in real hardware, but I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. and So I can only judge the machine from the emulation, but I didn't see any sort of slowdown. I mean, there's a lot of stuff moving around here. There's a here. ton
0: of stuff moving.
1: Now, let's these graphics are sl- are one step up from the Counter-64 character graphics. I've done it, this is not like uh, high-end graphical fidelity here. And the sure. funny thing is, if you look at some of the games, uh, on this machine. You see games that are very, in the same uh, realm as, like, a ColecoVision. There's a Buck Rogers Planet of Zoom ripoff. that's real attractive. There's a Jetpack ripoff. They've got a real nice, like, a Super Pac-Man. Cosmic There's, Bakery like, look. cosmic. Cosmic Bakery, yeah, you're right. Uh, that looked great. Uh, in fact, some of the games in here, we've sort of played before or played their facsimiles before. So we'd actually, we we're fairly familiar with a lot of these guys. Uh, a lot of the games in this machine. But this one, I'd say, is w- one of the more basic looking, it's okay. It's not that the graphics don't get over the overall picture, but it's not like
0: ultra graph no. or anything. No, it's good enough to know what everything is, and it's got a lot of anim- animation frames. Yeah. Like, the, the water continuously ripples, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, and there's lots and lots of moving things on the screen. I mean, you're tracking no joke, two dozen moving objects at any one time. You didn't make the water blue. Did you find that odd? You know, it's, oh, that's not that way. But, I mean, I guess
1: green's okay. Because if you're near the ocean, depending on where you're at, it can be green. Yeah. So, but, um, again, uh, this is a high-score game. You play through it. I never got to the ending. I just eventually got overwhelmed. And you get a goodly amount of men, uh, mm-hmm. but it you will
0: lose. Did uh, you ever die to the Sharks? Oh, well, every once in a blue moon, I'd run into one. I don't think I, was... I ever died to the actual enemy of the game. It was all friendly fire from the
1: mines. The but... funny thing is, the Sharks, as they come down the screen, like I said, you can, even more than Cinnabon, you can move your boat almost anywhere on the screen. Yeah. And so often, you'll move your boat well above the Sharks. And the thing is, if you stay at the bottom, this is a game where you don't stay at the bottom no. of the screen. You're going to be killed. Because you don't have time to react from the eel. And also the mines. Those mines come up and you can't see them coming. Yeah. So you've got to sort of hang out in the middle of the screen, but the sharks are there most of the time. So there's a weird, and you can't shoot backwards. So it is, it creates a weird dynamic. It's, it's unusual gameplay elements that you're not used to because normally in a game like this, you want to stay towards the bottom, yeah. but this one will not allow it. At first, I found it irritating that the mines came out, kept getting killed by him. But once you realize that you've got to sort of change the way you think about how to get, play a game like this, I sort of enjoyed the differences in it. It made it feel like a lot fresher to me as a game. So, um, Oh, I, I stayed annoyed at it from beginning to end. Well, <laughs> overall in this one, though, I really, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty decent little, I mean, am I going to say, oh, uh, we forgot about the elephant in the room here. How did I forget about this? Oh, yeah, because you don't want to remember it. That's why. The the second you start playing this game, it makes a noise, an unholy noise. (laughs) And it is just, like, random noise. And the thing is, this machine can play songs. Yeah. It can play music. It can make sound effects. This game just has random noise. And it is not good random noise. It's the worst. Yeah. We've played a few games over the years. On ARG, they were just a. They just decided just to stick it rain random noise. And here's another one. This one's, but other machines were less capable. This thing's totally capable of playing songs. It just didn't. So that is the one. They turn off the volume on yeah. this and turn it completely
0: off. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's so bad that it. Easily knocks this game down a notch. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not the best, but with all that said, I enjoyed the
1: game. I had a lot of fun playing it. I tried to better my high scores on it, uh, and 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 used it to uh, have a good time. I like seeing the different shorelines. Some of the shorelines are real. I mean, real nutty with like like peninsulas yeah. and stuff sticking out and stuff. And it was always nice to, when you felt like you got past level. You felt like you accomplished something. I should mention that if you die in the middle of a level. It all the crap you killed is reset. Yeah, it's yeah. A, you don't. It's no not like progress. you come back. It's like a sh- one no. two sharks. So you start at that level completely over. It's a, it doesn't like you. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed it. I think Andy did a good job on this
0: one, and I thought it was a solid title. What did you think, the Brent? Well, as it is well documented, I don't like centipede. Right, but and, and that 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 no interruptions. Uh, and this is still close enough to centipede. That I don't like the game's style, but it's far away from Centipede enough that I can pretty much dismiss it uh I think judging this game on its own merits uh there are a few incredibly frustrating points. The sound is number one grade a it was i i I hope. I hope we had some kind of emulation error or something. I don't think so. I don't sure. either.
1: Because I saw people play this with a real thing, and it sounded like that. It, so. it, it's
0: really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, number two, the mines coming up from the bottom. I wish, actually, there was a small... I, and You can't do a strip of land because that would break what's going on. But it, it, there's no lead-in to those mines coming up. And they if you were at the bottom of the screen, they can literally just spawn on top of you and kill you. Yeah. Always hate you that never, kind of You thing. never hang out there. That, right, ever, right. Ever. <laughs> well, and what's what's bad though is when you when the sharks get past you, right, and, and you can't go to the bottom of the screen because of the mines. You just kind of you just have to hang out for a while, and you have to dodge until uh, they turn into the little crab people and start flying around. You can shoot them that way. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's not the worst. It's just a a game play element that I, I wish wasn't included. Overall, though, especially for a Centipede-type game, uh, I think this is fun and interesting enough. I don't think the graphics hurt it. I don't think they are necessarily something you're going to point at and go, Man, look at those graphics. Everything is well-represented, though. Uh, And I enjoyed my time with it. Now, did did I spend days with it? No. No, No, it's not that kind of game. No, No. You, you you can load this up and get your fill in 20 minutes, and that's fine, because you can always come back to it and play it again later. A couple of things I want to mention before we close the door on this
1: thing. Number one, the cover of this game, like, has a, a centurion and just a loincloth, big chisel uh, yeah, no on with a spear and a shield, and he's fighting this, like, uh, so. It looks like a, a sea dragon and a shark. I thought to myself, man, that's not what I'm thinking of when I play this, and that's not what the instructions imply. So I guess it's just a cool picture that they put on there, uh, but I don't know what the heck was going on with this. Here's another thing you might find interesting about this one, uh, and it's funny, Pajakam, he kind of came across it at the same time he sent me a note about it. So uh, a um, homebrew outfit gathered together a series of M- MTX games for release on the Coleco Vision Atom. Uh, collections of them, and, and uh, Nemo uh, made the the uh, leap over in the MTX uh, collection the, or games collection volume two, along with obloids and um, Astro Pack. Uh, so, <coughs> if you have a which I have a Cleco Adam, I suppose I could sort of actually play this sort of like on the real hardware, kind of, because it, I don't know how these things were done. But I mean, again, I heard that it's not a huge. There are a lot of MXS games and Adam slash moves games that leap around. Yeah. So there's there are ways to convert these things uh, in a certain in a certain way. But as far as I oh, this is the only other version this that exists. Uh uh and so if you're looking to play this game, I
0: guess you have a couple options. Um I believe we had a review on this, we did, didn't we, Aaron? And, which I'm heading over to it now. Well, while you're doing that, I want to mention uh the the uh Mimotech lasted about two and a half, three years. Uh it still got support and software and stuff. Right. So it, you would think that it only has, you know, 20, 30 games. No, sir. This has a, a surprisingly extensive catalog for something that was on the market for so little amount of time, but uh uh and was not made to be a game machine. So if you have interest in this, it's super easy to get into when you have a friend like Pajaka that makes it easy for you. Yeah. But if you don't, uh, it's still worth checking out. I looked at a few other games besides the one we chose and was really impressed by what I yeah. saw. Yeah. This is definitely something that we're going to go back and look at. This is going to go in the retro uh, rewind section so we can get see some more action on it later down yeah. the road.
1: Speaking of Pajaka, I've got a review here from him on Nemo. He said... I'm still in the fence as to whether this is a centipede clone or not. It has a bit more uh, it has a bit more than centipede does, like the blue sea mines that constantly rise up behind you in the electric eels, It feels quite similar to centipede, but a lot harder. You cannot remain stationary in this game. You're constantly playing game of moving and dodging, trying to shoot schools of sharks. Why I do not know. I feel like you should be able to shoot the land crab. Because you can go and land, but either I was was that bad or you couldn't. I don't think I ever shot one either. If the sharks get to the bottom of the screen, they turn into little guys, and the little guys touch each other, they turn into a square with a face on them. That's true. That happened to me very rarely, though, because I hardly ever let them get down there. I really feel a developer had designed those sprites before they had made the game, was eager to use them. That's distinctly possible. <laughs> Nemo plays quite well, and while the graphics are basic, there's enough of an arcade experience here to keep you coming back from war. And I can't think I would have been disappointed to get this with my machine back in the day. The time between restarts when you lose a life is painful,
0: and it does take away uh, from the game quite a lot. Yeah, because yeah. it goes to a text screen every time you die, and just says, like, we got you! But it, it it is. It is annoying. The
1: okay. audio, if you can call it that, starts to grate quite quickly and feels like it's there to distract you rather than to aid in your enjoyment of the game. <laughs> Overall, something a little different while feeling familiar, but not the best the system has to offer. Seven out of ten. So I, I, would, uh, I would agree with that. Now, uh, just to summarize and finish up here before I move to Brent here. Uh, I could not find a price on this game, and I could not find the game for sale. Nah. That much said, <laughs> uh, I also could not find anyone selling a uh, a Mimotech of any sort. I did look in the history to see if what they were going for. At any, so if you're interested in picking up a Mimotech. Right. And I'm assuming you couldn't find your game for nah, sale either. Are you kidding me? I found someone that had bought one for $506. So I'd say there's your ballpark figure. I right? condition unknown, if you would like to go down that road. So there you go. That's Nemo, Brent. I enjoyed it. What did you uh, bring to the table this week? Obliteration zone. Yeah,
0: Obliteration zone. Look how fired up. Finally. Finally I get to talk about this. Your game sucked. This game was awesome. Uh, Obliteration zone Aaron. Wow. Okay. Did we I uh, maybe I picked the wrong game to play then? Now maybe I didn't play. It, no, but I don't know what you're talking this, about. This was this was a good time. All right, uh, Obliteration Zone released in the big old 1985. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about Mega Star Games Limited. Yeah, this is the people who who brought us Obliteration Zone, and they released five count them five games in total for the MimoTech, <clears throat> and they covered all of your genres. You've got uh, Escape from Zarkos, which is your flip screen uh, uh, platformer-type game where you go and you collect the items and you're trying to collect everything. Yeah. You've got your um, Fathoms Deep, which is your underwater, go through the caves, fight the fish, collect the items game. Uh, You've got Kogo 2, q o g o two this is your um uh rip off uh, it's a bounce on the block change the color game Pretty good yeah. yeah um and then you've got surface scanner which is your scramble type fly to the right shoot the things collect the, you know collect the fuel type game that sounds like scramble and then you've got obliteration zone. This is your maze game, uh, single screen, which kind of, for back in the 80s, that's kind of everything. That's everything covered. They didn't have a breakout game, which is fine by me. Uh, and, and these people released their games, and then they were gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> news about them, ah, it's a, it's a gone thing. So let's talk a little bit about Obliteration Zone. In Obliteration Zone, you are tasked to pick up power nodes uh, from this uh, 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 factory-slash-warehouse-slash-crazy place that is swarming with killer robots. And you have to uh, maneuver around, pick them up, while avoiding five different types of enemies. And the enemies in this, any if they touch you, you're dead. There's no, there's no questions. There's no life bar. And this, the maze in this thing is huge, huge. It's like twelve columns by twelve rows. And the at the when the screen first pops up, everything's empty. So you can go literally left or right, up and down, anywhere you want. But then it randomly fills in gaps to make walls to make the maze happen. And you're looking down on the maze, so it's just a maneuverable maze. It's not a, I have to find the right path kind of maze. You, as the plucky hero, have to pick up all the power nodes, which are uh, these flashing Xs that are on the board. So you have to to pick them up, you just run over top of them. In level one, the only enemies are these slow-moving, like, pulsating shapes that represent these killer robots. And you have a gun, so you can shoot them, they'll blow up, they'll appear sometimes later, and the, your task is incredibly easy. From stage two on, that's where the mayhem happens. That's when you're introduced to an enemy that just bombs, Bomberman-style, the stage. And you will see little crosshairs appear randomly throughout the maze, and when a bomb hits, it fills a full row and a full column of blast damage. And it will go through walls. It does not care. There is no stopping it. And if you're caught in it, you're dead. So as you're going through, the, the maze is big enough that you're concentrating on where you guys are at. But you have to be side-eyeing where everything else is going on, too. Yeah. Because... The explosions will kill you and you're not even in the area when they went off. I found this to be incredibly compelling, Aaron. I really enjoyed this aspect of the game, having to keep a full watch over everything instead of just where you're at, because in a maze game, usually you focus where you're at, maybe keep track of a few enemies. This thing has tons of enemies on the screen at one time. I mean, two dozen is not out of the picture in the later levels. But there's more, Aaron. Yeah. Level three, you get these little face, little goo globs that will actively hunt you down. The first enemies will just kind of neander. The second enemies will drop bombs. Sometimes it's near you, sometimes it's not. They're kind of all over the place. The third enemy will actively hunt you down. The fourth enemy, though, is the big baddie. All right? He's like this little tank-looking thing, spaceship, and he drops off the fifth enemy. And the fifth enemy is the obliteration. If you don't go and shoot what he drops off fast enough, because he kind of hovers over, and you see something happening, and if you don't get there in time, the entire screen explodes. Everything. that is It is impressive. And it is an awesome... Fun. The first time it happened, I was so. I was, I, I was, I was, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and actually, it, you feel like the computer is going to explode. Oh my gosh! Like the screen, everything on the screen eventually is totally white. It's like your face lights up. Like oh my god, I've yeah. seen the end. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it bizarre. There's no
0: like oh, there, your score is still there. No, the entire screen is obliterated. We've played a lot of games and seen a lot of wacky effects. <laughs> That's one of the wackier ones I've seen on,
1: on any movie we've ever played. And it, and it keeps blowing up. Yeah. It's a it's a layered effect. It's like the guy overkill. It's like used ten times as much day da- dynamite or everyone. It Maybe it's it is quite a sight on his own computer. I was like, what? That's that really freaked me out.
0: man. So you're going through, you're playing obliteration zone. If you're watching the video, it's it's yeah. happening. <laughs> so what so how is this game interesting beyond the the, the sum of parts? It's the movement and I, I know some people are going to hate the movement but I think it's part of the game. If you tap a direction, you are continuously moving and whatever direction you're tapped. And if you tap a direction to change the direction you're going, you will go at that same speed and keep going. If you hold the key, you dash, you run. It is an ex- it's a and it's a lot of acceleration. Uh, so it's real easy to start to go around a corner and you hold the button prematurely because, you know, you kind of cue those motions up in maze games. Yeah. Like, I'm going straight. There's a wall on either side of me. I want to go right next. I'm just going to start holding right. You anticipate, And then yeah. as soon as the passage opens up, you start turning right. right. If you do that in this game, you slide down the corridor at, at, at full speed because you're holding to dash. And that can be a real turnoff to people, but I actually like it because it doesn't, honey. It what it gives you the ability to go real fast, right? Sometimes you have to, but it also <clears throat> punishes you for just being lazy, for just holding the directions. So just go. When you shoot, the bullet goes what one fifth of the screen, one fifth of a row. Yeah, you can have one bullet out at a time. And it takes time to reload. It absolutely doesn't go the whole way. That's for no, sure. No, no. And it take you yes, can't you'll find out. you can't just machine gun these people. These no. are you're basically shooting these like energy balls that they come out. They'll destroy everything. They also switch lanes a lot, so it's hard to peg them down. Well, the, the enemies do. Yeah,
1: not Trump, your shot. Yeah, your enemies. They're hard to. They're, your shots. It's tough to scope where they're going to go
0: because they're. I'm going to say it's random. It's, they're they move in an odd way. So I mean you. You have to you you have to not just try to kill everything. It's never going to happen. It, it's very Pingo like the way the stage is drawn at the beginning. Yeah, it's also very Pingo like the way the first enemies, your the lowest level enemies, come out because they start in like little pods and then the pods open and the bad guys there and the bad guy starts patrolling. Um, it you can't rely on shooting. You have to rely on getting the X's as quickly as possible. If you collect most of the X's and then you die, the level does not reset. Thank God, It actually lets you try to get those last few X's and move on. Um, I did not find an end to this game. I think this is made to be a a, a score game. Um, I did get to level 7. Once the obliteration bombs start happening, they're tough. Because if you're on one side of the stage and you see one of those little aliens setting one of those up, you have to drop everything and go take care of it or you're going to die. Yeah. Aaron. Oh. I should probably mention this before before you mention it. Yeah, I was jump s- right in. The sound loop is a continuous playing of Hawaiian five uh and it's good. Well it, no, it's it's the, it's a good rendition. Listen, I'm gonna jump in here. Okay.
1: I I debated in my mind. What what sound I hated more? <laughs> the sound from my game or oh, the sound from this game? Now, listen, on! Hold on a second. I was around when Hawaii Five O, which is an American TV show from the seventies. I was around when it came on. All right, and the theme song is one of the all-time great themes. This and they do a what I would say is a uh, remedial rendition of it. I mean, think, but it okay. just loops. First of all, it doesn't fit this game no. at all. Zero. Like, so I'm assuming, remember how Pataka said someone had made a kilo of Sprite and like, we're going to put this in yeah. the game. Something tells me that some guy had made the Hawaii Pavo theme. He's like, we're going to put it in this game. Yeah. Thankfully, you can turn the music off.
0: Yes. Yeah. They you, were aware. You're going
1: to want to do that immediately after yeah. you to listen to the third or fourth refrain of Hawaii Pavo. That was an odd choice right there, the whole Wi-Fi mode. In fact, we've played a lot of games, and this is another one. This game has two things I'll never forget, and that's one of them. The funny thing is, when you watch Will play videos of this, when I first saw this, I saw the video, and it comes up, and it took me a minute. I'm like, what is that noise it's making? And after about the fourth, I'm like, oh, it's a Wi-Fi mode theme. And I kept waiting for it to change to the next level. The Heck no. No changes. No no nothing.
0: No. No changes. Uh,
1: This game is, um, the first screen, because at the first screen, they don't make any additional walls. Just like a grid pattern.
0: Yeah, it's. It reminded
1: easy. me of the uh, first level in Poltergeist on the old Coco, where you had to go around town to collect these parts. To, for, uh, it, that's what that's what the okay. look of it reminded yeah. me of. But then the Except second the level, grid, like, the grid of this is way huger. Yeah. The second level when they start uh, changing the walls, it's a, it's it's a pretty cool effect. And it, I don't know how it works, like how they get it to do what it does. But it's, I don't know if they're pre-planned. I mean, I don't know if they're are they random. Did you notice? No, that?
0: I don't think they're random. I think it's set up as a stage. But
1: sometimes these the the way they the walls come down are real nasty. Yeah. Like they'll, there's lots of long alleys. And they they stuff. make the mazes interesting. Um, there are a ton of enemies on this. Yes. I mean, this game comes down to one simple thing, and you touched on it, and I'm going to touch on it. I'm going to violently touch on it the controls. Um They are goofy. Like, they're, uh, it's, uh, they're unusual. Now, they, to me, to me, they were not a deal-breaker. I used them, and after you play for a while, you'll get used to the way it goes, and, and I think you'll probably be okay. However, if, do not expect to have precision control. Yeah, That's not what this game's about. Mm-mm. You're going to miss turns. You're going I'm to probably- shoot in the wrong direction. You're going to get killed because you uh, you went the wrong way. It's going to happen uh, uh, again without having the actual hardware to play on. I can't say with a hundred percent certainty that it's not the emulator playing no, a part. No, it that. is
0: not the emulator. This is the way it is. Uh, I
1: feel very confident. I should in that. mention that the uh, Mimo Techs all had just. A, they had two Atari-style joystick ports on them, so these things would just use regular. They weren't using like analog controls. These is regular Atari joysticks. Uh, so uh, the controls. It's, uh, there's a. Uh, To me, it felt, it was almost like a momentum thing. When you're running, it was just an odd, it's an odd
0: feeling to play the the weight control. Now, I have a question there. Did you play this on keyboard? Or or you played on keyboard keyboard, and you were still having
1: issues? No, I didn't have issues. I, I understood what was happening. I'm just saying it takes. You will play it, and you'll think this is odd, and it is. That's I mean, that's
0: fair. That's fair. And
1: I'm not saying, and this isn't a game that necessarily needed to have a control gimmick to make it better. But I mean, it is what it is. I think because basically, this is a big crazy maze game with a bunch of bad guys in it, and some I will admit. Uh, the weapons types and the different things that appear in the maze. Uh, there, there's a good amount of variance. Yes, the uh, the amount the the random wall thing is a good angle. Yeah. I liked it. The huge bomb is an outstanding angle. Yes. The obliterator bomb <laughs> that that got me. You're right. If you see that on the screen, if you don't get over to it immediately. You, you can uh, kiss it goodbye, Yeah,
0: and you, well, you will see the cool effect, you'll be dead. <laughs> about the about the twelfth time you see the cool effect, the cool effect is yeah. kind of just as annoying, but I still love it. Yeah, because the cool effect goes on for a
1: while, it but it lets you know you died. It's not like the obliteration <laughs> bomb comes out every three seconds, either. No, well, no. until you get to stage five, it doesn't come out like, at all. Right, You never will see it until you get that high, yeah. and getting to stage five ain't no easy task. I mean, it's not horrible, but yeah. It, I got there. Yeah. I got to see the bomb. It, it's not like I did it right away. I mean, but so I think the control is put in there because no, if you just look at this game without looking at the nuances of it, it's just a run around a maze game. It is. Now, if you look at the different uh, boards and the different creatures, I think it's certainly more than that. Yeah. But I mean, uh, from face value. And so I think I, I think maybe that's the control variance was just to sort of separate it. To, into something to be its own thing, and it is. It's its own thing. I, I don't think I've played they quite like it. That I like this more than my game? I would say they're pretty close. Oh, man. I like this way more. I think this probably has uh, more replay <laughs> value, but I think mine is more of a... I don't know. Mine, I think, is more of an original title. Uh, this oh, does oh, have oh, some pretty oh, original oh, stuff. No. But I'm not... Listen, you're, you're missing out here. I'm not burying this. This isn't bad. And one thing, both these games are. I mean, you're not going to play this on any other machine. That's it. Short of the Coleco repack. And so the, there are two original games that are different and interesting enough to, I think, make it worth your time to check out the Mimo Tech.
0: I, I really, really enjoyed Obliteration Zone, and its enemies make the game far more than its heroes do. Uh, having those, those aerial bombs come down and having to keep track of them. Uh, especially in later levels where it's doing it'll have one fly through one row and one fly through one column and then the bomberman strips of death that come all the way down and up the corridors and rows i really enjoyed that i thought that was very innovative i I will say that surprised me and the effect you're right i will that's something else I, i should say this
1: i'll give the devil's due here you do have to keep your eye on the entirety of the maze, Which is really hard. And and, Because when those, you know, it's sort of like the eels, okay, in my game. You have to keep an eye on what they're doing, even if they're nowhere near you, because you may be going to where they're going. This game, you have to keep an eye on where the bomber guy is, uh, where that bomb, because, I mean, it, it had the the range of the of the bomber bomb is long.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a full it's the length. entire
1: length and height of the maze, depending on yeah. where you put it. So if he sticks that in the right spot, it can be a real. Uh, it can hose you. You can yeah. die in this thing early and often if you're not. And it, really a lot of it comes down to luck. If you want the truth. But it is a
0: different. Or no, it's not luck. You can fully track it. Well, but you can I mean, fully if he keep puts your that, it, on it depends
1: on the maze you're in and where he puts that bomb. It can be real difficult to get it away. Can be. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I did. I will say, I thought that was a. Uh, I thought that was also uh, pretty uh, ingenious. It's a good game. It's a. It's an interesting game. I think it's a high point game. Uh, both these games are fun. This one. If you get, I can play your game longer than mine. Yes, I could do. But not a ton longer. No. So they're both, they're in the same wheelhouse yeah. as a high score challenge game. I think they'd both be pretty good. Now, I can't sit here and say I've tried every angle or tried a point press or something. Oh, no, it, but, you it, know. we've had casual play. Um, I do have a review here if you're ready to go on that. Absolutely, Brett. absolutely. But Jocko also gave this little whirl. He writes in, either the emulation isn't great or the controls are jacked up, so this review may be out of whack. Roy had a hard time playing this due to said controls. They can feel feel quite laggy, almost as if uh, some kind of analog control system was in place. You can make the guy move faster by holding the control key. I found tapping the keys helped, but not always, so I got quite frustrated playing this game. Which is a crying shame, because this is the kind of game that is right right in my wheelhouse. A mix of Pac-Man, Berserk, and some Bomberman throwing in there. Once you are past about level 3, the actuality uh, hots up. And there are many baddies on the screen, including bombs that take out everything in a cross pattern. Avoiding it because of a real challenge. This is where the control is to let the game down. It's all too easy to try to move out of the way of something. Only for you not to move when you need to and end up losing a life. Now let's talk about copyright infringement. <laughs> the in-game music is unmistakably the Hawaii Five-O original TV series theme tune, <laughs> and while I love the tune, it's a classic, this version playing it over and over, let's just say it's a good thing the music can be turned off. Overall, I missed, overall missed opportunity with sketchy control, but something I would love to try again on a real machine to see if it plays better. Six out of ten. Six out of ten there from the Pajockster branch.
0: Uh, see, I've, I... I don't know. I like this game more than your game. I, I think the, I think this had more innovation. I think it, but that's fine. I that's enjoyed. Funny. I enjoyed the game,
1: uh, and I, I enjoyed both games. If, if you if you want the honest truth, I thought they were both interesting, uh, and I'm looking forward to trying some more things on the Mimo tape, because I, I I this system I really think is under undersung system. I was surprised that it's not available on the on the Mister. Uh, to be honest, I was real surprised because I, this is the kind of computer. Since it's, it's close to MSX, I don't.
0: I can only assume that maybe no one gave a crap, and that's why it's not there. Uh, that's unfortunate because there's a lot of. Uh, I think there's a lot of fun games hiding down this road. Yeah, I agree with you, and we'll be back. The Mimo takes an interesting
1: machine, and I should mention one more thing. I'll the of course this thing could not play MSX games directly, but it could via an expansion and play spectrum games, if you can believe that they had as- the only reason I mention this because of the name they had an add on for it called the speculator and that's it was, good. For, not, for what I could tell was that's that it, good it was a spectrum <laughs> base in a box that you plug it in you had to use one of the uh one of the uh memo takes with the big memory. you could plug this thing in you can play your spectrum games. I will say it would give you the sensation of playing spectrum games on something that resembles a real keyboard. <laughs> that would be neat <laughs> for that, for that that. that but that's all we got for the Memo take. but you ready to rock and roll? And there it is. Okay, now, we've got to get into this before we get too deep. It's, bam, it's new wheel pieces, everybody. New wheel pieces. We got a ton. Here, I cut these out before the show. If you're watching at home, you can see I'm flipping through these. We've got wheel pieces. We, we asked. We asked the people. We said, People. Can you provide us with a new action? And provide they did. This is literally a, probably a year's worth of pieces. I mean, it would take us forever to get through these. These are sheets and sheets of pieces. Look at all these uh, pieces. Uh,
0: what so, You
1: talk, we listen. Uh, and we've got a ton of great ideas here from you guys in the community. And thank you very much for uh, submitting all these ideas. There's so many good ones here. Yes. I'd love to the name them, but I don't want to spoil them. Uh, but we have got a new one on the wheel here. We're gonna slowly start siphoning these into the to the uh, to the wheel. And this week, the new the game is the game show games from John Motorcar Schaller. Some of these wheel ideas are could be repeat wheel ideas. We're not going up to the curb, but, but, but I think most of them are brand new wheel piece ideas. They string back forever, and we've got some real wacky ones involved too. So it should be a lot of fun. Are you ready to spin well, the wheel? Well,
0: before we spin, one yeah. thing a note. Just because we have 60 new wheel pieces... 60. ...does not mean that your your new suggestions will be in vain. No. Send them in. Uh, while we only had time to, to cut out one page this morning, we are going to be cutting them all out, putting them into a sack, and any new ideas we get, we're going to put those in that sack too. Pull them out at random and have... So your suggestion... Could come up next. The old sack. That's it. So now we're game uh, sack. We're ripping you, off their gimmick. You can send those suggestions to the retro rotation uh-huh. at gmail.com or uh-huh. argpresents presents at mail.com. Yeah, yeah,
1: We don't pray on those, but we can and by the way, quiet you. Thank you everybody for uh we should mention before we get to the wheel, thanks everybody for your retro rotation. Uh uh sign-ups. That's gone a lot quicker and better than we thought it yes, would. It's gonna really accelerate what we had we planned. We appreciate it. Brent spin that sucker, I'll hold it. Give it a whirl. See if you can do something. What was that? <laughs> that was a double win, a double spin. And the winner is. What do we got? Funny games. Funny games. Funny game. That's now, this is some of the rewind pieces. You botched this last time, as I recall. Didn't you pick battle chest for this, you idiot? And one of the stupidest moves of all time. That's what I hit him with the piece. <laughs> idiot. Do better this time. Oh, I will. Battle chest. No, no. <laughs> that one's funny, but it's not ha ha funny. <laughs> idiot. Funny game. So, next week we're going to be kicking out Funny Game. By the way, Funny Game is such a huge success the first time around. <laughs> What's next? Black and white games? Are we going to get it's that one in black there. Black and white city games. Oh, man. <laughs> Forget it. That'll be in two weeks. We revisit ARG. But it's just now. Let's talk about next week. We're back. Back with R. Sinclair, brother. We're going back in. And guess what? We're going to be playing next week, The Brent. I know. Uh, uh, do you? Or are Let's you going to botch it, it again? It's not Badgers in space, it's Baggers in space. Next week, we're going to be playing a ZX Next title, Baggers in Space, one of the premier, highly exalted super titles for the for the Next. It seems appropriate with a lot of people getting their uh, ZX Next in the mail, including good friends of ours have gotten these things in, and uh, we're going to jump on the bandwagon somehow and get involved. That's what they chose, and by God, that's what we're going to do, so it'll be Baggers in Space. Should be a lot of fun. Next week for Arson Cardinal, two weeks, we'll be back for ARG. We'll be playing funny games. And this time, you're not going to drop the ball. There you go. Anything you want to add here before we take this thing to the hizzy? Nope. See you next week, everyone. Adios.